Welcome to the Truth About College Admission podcast. My name is Rick Clark. I am the AVP and Executive Director of Undergrad Admission at Georgia Tech. And I am Brennan Barnard. I'm the Director of College Counseling at the Khan Lab School. So today we had a great conversation. And as people are kind of getting ready, I mean, Allison is a school counselor. She's a really prolific writer. You guys, I think, have actually a lot in common in that regard in terms of just the messages um, and the platforms that you guys have. But I'm just kind of curious, like what stood out to you and what you want people to be listening for as we launch into the episode? Yeah, absolutely. And we both actually have children in college and children approaching the college experience. So there's a lot of crossover there. And, you know, she talks a lot about the messages that we as parents send our children. And we kind of had a back and forth about this, but there's so many implicit messages that we send about what's good, what's not good, what's right, how we expect them to go through this experience. And so I really encourage folks to listen to that. How about you, Rick? Yeah, that's good. So you got the parent side. I'll take the student side a little bit. There's a story she tells about going to a volleyball game and her younger son was there and afterwards made a comment about kind of feeling maybe like he's not going to measure up to where the older brother was or even where maybe his parents were. And I just thought that that was like significant because first of all, I mean, we all (laughs) have those feelings at times. Like we all, no matter what job you're in or what school you go to, or whether you win the championship game or not, we all have those feelings at times of just like, are we good enough or looking around and comparing ourselves or maybe it's imposter syndrome or whatever, but like just how that's so normal and natural. And all of us have that at times. And I just appreciated, you know, she wasn't really dwelling on this a whole lot, but the fact that he felt comfortable saying that to her. Mm. And I just think that for students in particular, whether they're in high school now or definitely when they get to college, because I, you know, interact with so many college kids, like having that person around you that you feel like you can say that to and just knowing, first of all, it's normal. All of us have it. But then also like being willing to just verbalize it and then have somebody who's there, who listens, who understands, who can probably mirror that back to you and say, hey, first of all, you're amazing and then give you some encouragement. But then secondly, just like give you perspective to say like, we all have that at times. And so I don't know. I just think that that's like worth being reminded of, particularly right now, um, especially as a lot of these seniors are getting admission decisions. Yeah. And I would really encourage folks to go listen to the MSNBC interview she did and, and also read the piece she wrote about mental health and college students and how it really is in crisis and mm. how students are getting to college and kind of coming undone. And so it's really important we address these issues early and often. Yeah, that's great. Well, good. Well, here is our conversation with Allison Slater-Tate. Enjoy. Today, we are joined by our friend Allison Slater-Tate. Allison is a school counselor in Florida. She is a prolific writer and Perhaps, most importantly, a mother of four. You might know Allison from her pieces, which have been widely distributed from outlets like Huffington Post, Washington Post, Thrown and Flown, and others. Allison, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And yes, I think being a mother of four is the most important. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure I missed something. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the school or other things you're working on right now. I am the director of college counseling at a small independent school in Florida. And of course, I'm right in the thick of all of that and working with my juniors and keeping my seniors from going crazy. And (laughs) I also run a Facebook group for Florida families. I have 7,000 members and change, and I 
give free college advice just to kind of support the public school counselors and the state of Florida needs all the help it can get sometimes. So I'm doing that too. And I work mostly for the Today Show for the past seven years, covering parenting and college admissions too, which has always been fun. So that's working with students, teenagers every day, all day, every day. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I didn't leave out anything much, just a group of 7,000 in the Today Show. So (laughs) right, right. glad I asked that follow-up question. I mean, you know, there are side hustles and about three hours of sleep a night right (laughs) Right. oh man well we really appreciate you being with us and we'll also link to the great article you wrote recently and i guess back in july and then you were interviewed Mm -hmm. recently on msnbc about the article and love to hear a little more about it (laughs) i love the (laughs) hugs and snacks (laughs) approach to uh parenting and you talk in the piece about high school not being an audition for college and i love that can you talk a little more about what you see go wrong in relationships as parents go about parenting for college admission? Yeah. I mean, I think all three of us are parents and we know how this goes from what we see in our offices, both on the college side and on the high school side. What I started noticing when I first worked in a big public high school and now I work in the smaller private high school is as a parent, I super empathize with the concerns and worries that parents have about their kids going to college and having a good life. And you feel so much responsibility to do right by them and Mm -hmm. to give them all the resources to succeed and to thrive. But in the course of that, sometimes we get so lost in those details that we forget that what our children are picking up from us is expectations and concern. They sometimes read that concern as, I'm not sure that you're going to be okay. And I started noticing that not just with my own children, because none of us are immune to it, but in the children who came into my office, they would often say, I'm just really worried that my parents are going to be disappointed with where I go to college. Or Mm. they actually said, my mom's not going to be proud when she's talking about my college to her friends on the phone. And I I can feel that already, like the weight Mm -hmm. of that. And I think that so often I hear parents say, they put so much pressure on our kids. There's so much pressure on our kids. They, I don't know who they is. I think it's the colleges. No shade. (laughs) Um, I think that's what they mean. Always the finger pointing. Yes. Always the finger pointing. But what I thought was important to convey to people is that we do have power in this situation. We have accountability and we have power that we can do better. And, you know, it was a wake up call for me as a parent. My children definitely felt that pressure. In fact, I will be honest and say one of the pivot points for me was when I took my oldest to a sporting event for his soon to be college. And my younger son came with us, who's only 21 months younger than his older brother. And after we had this like great night watching UCLA and Princeton play volleyball, we got in the car and my younger kids started crying. And he said, I'm going to be the first failure in the family because I'm not going to get to go to Princeton. Mm. And that hit me like how much inherent pressure is on our kids. And we certainly were not pressuring him. Like we don't think all of our children need to go to the Ivy League by any stretch, much less do we want to pay for it. But I just realized like how much was weighing on him internally. And I felt like we can do better. So I think that it's really important for parents to understand that we have to do the work on ourselves first and really work on the way that we talk about college in front of our kids. And even the language we use, like down to the very words that we use, we think they don't listen to a thing we say because they often don't, or Mm -hmm. they give us the impression they're not listening to anything we say. And then 
what I have discovered by talking to other people's children quite a bit is that they hear and feel all of it. Mm. I'll say, what about this college? And they'll say, my mom says that's not a good school. I would never get hired if I went there. Um, I'm sorry. We're like 15 steps mm. away from worrying about getting hired somewhere. like this. And so <laughs> right. I really try to tell parents, like, please think about your words and your language. And it's hard for me too. But if we start doing the work on ourselves first and the homework for ourselves first, it can have a big effect on our children's experience. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Brennan, I know you have been in multiple school environments as well. Is that mm-hmm. all kind of resonating with, oh, yeah. with what Spot you hear on. as well? Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. The, the expectations, the anticipation of what's to come instills fear. <laughs> And I mean, what is a good life and what is a good college? Like, I think we use those words like a good college. Can my kid get into a good college? They're almost all good colleges. So of course they can. And what is a good life? Like, what is our definition of a good life? I think that we really need to think about that. Right. What is success? Uh, for me, it's that I'm not paying for my children. So <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a blog. I don't know when it was now, but uh, this idea of like, is that a good college for you? Right. I mean, we talk about, is that a good school? But like, I think that's the better question for parents to ask. We're the ones that know our kids the best. Like, is that a good school for you based on where it's located or based on the type of people there, what you want to study or any of those things? Because to your point, yeah, there's tons of quote good schools out there, but good matches. That's a whole different thing. And parents shouldn't, I don't think like undervalue the fact that they're one of the best people to speak into what a good match could be. And so that's why being so open-minded even matters more, you know? Yeah. And to be honest with yourself, I mean, so many times I'll say, how are you with winter to kids in front of their parents? Because here I am, I live in Florida and they'll say, oh, I mean, we enjoy our ski vacations, you know, for three days a year. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about like six months a year. Like, how do we feel about winter six months of the year? How do we feel about snow and ice? And have you had exposure to that? And they're like, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if we get into Harvard, we're going to go to Harvard. I'm like, I mean, people, this has an effect on you. Like, the weather has an effect on you getting up every day and knowing it's not going to be warm until late April or May has an effect on you. It doesn't matter that it's Harvard. And also the people who are like, I just want them to go to an Ivy league school. The Ivy league is an athletic league. Like those colleges are very different from each other. So different in culture and everything else. If we're even talking about Ivies, you have to actually do your research and make sure that they're going to a school that will fit them, not just Mm. has a bumper sticker that you think will help them get employed later. Well, and I think this idea of giving them permission to change their mind, right? (laughs) And I mean, my daughter had the day off from school yesterday and she went and saw some schools and one of the colleges was the one that she was convinced that she was going to love. And she got there and was like, oh, this is not what I had in mind. And so empowering them to know that, you know what, you can change your mind whenever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Brennan sent me a text this weekend, a screenshot of the weather in New Hampshire, and it was like negative 14. And I was thinking, yeah, that's just that. I'm not made hard for that. Pass. I cannot do it. Yeah. yeah hard pass. I saw it when <laughs> I, was, I, I went to Princeton and, and I had classmates who came from Texas and California, including my own husband, who really suffered in the weather. Mm. And I don't care where you are. If you aren't happy, I mean, it's Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like mm. if you aren't happy with your life and what you have to do every day to get to class, like class yeah. doesn't matter that much. And I think that that's an important distinction to make to the kids too, that you are important, like mm. who you are and your actual day-to-day happiness is more important than our, you know, Princeton mom t-shirt. Like that's 
important to us. Right. In the last episode, Angela Duckworth was talking about some of her um, daughter's friends coming back and from a variety of schools. And one of the things she said is where they were was not nearly as important as were they making friends? Mm-hmm. You know, were they enjoying what they were saying? Was their day-to-day life enjoyable and fulfilling? That's really what mattered. But one thing I wanted to go back to that you were talking about earlier was like kind of our words and the way that we talk with our kids. And in the interview from MSNBC, and I know in some of your other writing, you've talked about what that might look like on the Mm -hmm. screen. So our words on social media, how we share things, both students and parents. And back to pointing fingers, let me just say, I am sort of guilty of this, right? Because from the college side, we try to proliferate our brand by encouraging students to share when they get in or if they're choosing to come to Georgia Tech or you name it other university like that's part of my job right is like creating (laughs) excitement in order to build yield build a class show face and place like that all matters a lot right but ultimately it is the choice of students the choice of families on how they do that, when they do that, if they do that at all. So, you know, you guys are both sort of counseling students right now and a bunch of new decisions are going to be coming out here in the next month or so. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, what do you guys uh, advise, Allison? You know, what do you say, Brennan? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. But like on social media, how do you counsel parents and students about if you share, when you share, how you share? And and then also maybe some of the impacts that might have both ways between parents to students and, and Conversely. Well, I know there are a lot of different opinions on this and Grown and Flown is actually pretty famous for having, they have one article that's like, don't share where you get in on social media. And then they have an opposing article that says like, do share it or you get in on social media. And people are always commenting like, why do you have both articles? Like, tell us which way it is. I am actually (laughs) not somebody who likes to demonize social media. Obviously I work on social media and my work is shared through social media. So I get sharing through social media. And I think that Applying to college is such in itself a feat that I am all for celebrating the wins. My big message to parents is celebrate all of them. Anywhere that a kid actually decided to apply to should be somewhere that they would be happy to go to in theory and Mm -hmm. that they have had to put work into, probably had to pay money to apply there and do the work of the last three and a half years of high school for. So why would we not celebrate all of them and put all of those things out there. And I don't think that parents need to be putting it out on their social media so much because Mm -hmm. I think that that becomes something of a parent rat race. But I think that the kids, I would never tell a kid not to celebrate themselves and what they've done, but more for the work that went into it and the act of doing it, which is an act of bravery, let's be honest, because you're putting yourself out there for rejection or something else, but also just to celebrate everything, videotape every reaction. And I really respect the kids who I know they do all those YouTube videos where they've got like edits of all their reactions. And I respect the kids who really include their denials too, and their deferrals and how they take that, because I think that that helps other kids process what those emotions look like and what that moment looks like and helps them like anticipate that they can be okay. And we're going to go to college anyway. My own kids have started giving caveats when they allow me to take pictures of them. Like (laughs) this one doesn't go on Facebook, dad, (laughs) you know, like I don't care what you Mm -hmm. want to post, but this picture doesn't go. And, you know, I I mean, I think it's all about permission, right? We need to seek Mm -hmm. permission from our students to share their news because it is their news. As much as we Mm -hmm. take pride in it, as much as we want to celebrate it, it is their news to share. And so I think just making sure they're comfortable with that is, is, And I think that if you can focus on 
the fact that it's not about the college or the name of the college. You're just excited for a new step, a new adventure. I think that that's always a good way to frame it, at least. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, speaking of framing things, we close our book with a letter of encouragement and advice to students and parents, one from Rick and one from me. And, you know, we hope that parents will tell their kids that they trust them and that they're proud of them. Like we're saying, what are some of the simple things that parents can say to demonstrate their support and their love for students in the college admission experience? I think that when they're preparing and hopefully doing that work and figuring out how to use their language during this process, which really starts in eighth grade, not in junior year. Mm -hmm. I think that if you can keep your focus on the human that you're raising, we're raising humans. This is not a project. This is not our final capstone project as a parent. This is a human being. And if you can keep your focus on what really, really matters, which is that they are not even happy, but content and not sad. Like that is Mm. the bar we're going for y'all. It's not that high, but we're going for humans who can find joy and purpose. And that can be found at any college. And if you can focus on the fact that they don't need to go where you went and their experience, because I mean, I think I can confidently say that none of us had an internet really in high school or maybe even early in college, Mm. their experience is going to be inherently different. Everything about their process is different. Don't compare it to your own process. They really roll their eyes when you spend the whole time saying, well, when I went, we would never start in the summer. That seems really weird. Mm, That is not weird now. And they can have the amazing, wonderful, life-changing time that you did doing things completely in a different way and with a completely different timeline. And if you're just really careful not to project your own expectations and your own memories like that, I think what you're really tying back to is the relationships that you built in college the things that you learned in your classes, the things you learned outside of class. And that's just this magical time of life. And it doesn't really matter where that happens. Mm -hmm. It just matters that they're doing it. But I think that with these, especially post-COVID kids, they have missed a lot of milestones. They have missed a lot of their young life. And the most important thing to convey to them is that there is hope, there is purpose, there is joy, and there is another side of the hill that this is going to be a small blip in a big life and just keep saying that maybe they'll believe you. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's, what's cool about that and something that we've tried to really work on is this idea of the dichotomy between or a distinction between like the admission process and the admission experience. I mean, I think what you're leaning into a lot of this is it's about a relationship Mm -hmm. and it's about discovery and it's about being kind of open to not knowing where it's all going to lead being confident Mm -hmm. that as a student and and certainly as a parent who's raising um, a kid that ultimately goes into college, like they're really malleable. They're really flexible. They're really dynamic and capable of succeeding, being happy, lots of different places. And that's kind of the fun of it, the adventure of it too. If it's an experience, not a process, the process is must do X, Y to get to Z and trying to flip that script a little bit. Yeah. I think that we're all really over uncertainty. And there's been so much uncertainty in the past few years that people Mm. want to know things. And that's why they're like, please, Georgia Tech, come out with your decisions. Like, why are you making us wait? And I hear that. uh, Like, I literally have parents texting me and saying, "I, I can't sleep at night. I'm so worried about whether or not they're going to get into UF. And I'm like, okay, so worst case scenario, what if they don't get into UF? They're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And you have to project that. I always say like children are like horses. They can smell your fear. You cannot (laughs) be afraid. Like you have to know that you did 
18 years of parenting and that this person's going to be all right. But again, I think that parents have to believe that first. You have to believe it first for your kid to Mm. believe it. Well, on that message, we want to thank you, Allison, especially we're recording this during National Counselor Week. And uh, we're grateful for all you do and for you spending some time with us today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me and happy Counselor Week to you too, Brennan. And I guess to you too, Rick. I I guess you counsel people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we try. Well, really enjoyed it. So thanks for being with us. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as a reminder, season one of The Truth About College Admission is brought to you by Johns Hopkins Press. The press provides global access and delivers impact through publishing and distributing innovative ideas and scholarship. Johns Hopkins Press connects people to the most trusted knowledge from global researchers, scholars, and educators. To learn more about the work and publications, go to press.jhu.edu. And Brennan? We will be back soon with another episode. Thank you, my friend. Everyone else, have a great day. We'll talk soon.